you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You guys look good. Well, thank you. I do too. Not really. So glad to have you, Compassion. Glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. We got some great things coming up here at Compassion Church. Amen. This weekend is what? Sisters Conference. Woo! Can I have a shout from the ladies in the house? And you heard what I said, ladies, men, don't you show up for the women's conference. You may be single and you think it's a great place to come dating. You're not going to do it. Just not going to let it happen. Stay at home. Amen. And, and, hey, husbands, do me a favor. Take care of the kids this weekend. Let your wife come to the women's conference. Amen. Amen. It, it ain't going to kill you. Just let your wife come and celebrate and enjoy a time with the ladies in the presence of God and just have a good time at our sister's conference. So this weekend, make sure, if you haven't signed up, sign up before you leave. They're going to have a good time in the Lord. Here's the second thing. What have we got coming up? Easter. Easter. There's a card in every one of your seat. We did this last Sunday. It's a place for you to fill in uh, the names of five individuals that you know that don't go to church, that don't know Jesus, and what we're going to believe for, pray for, and ask for is that on that day, because of your personal invite, I'm going to tell them of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and on that day, they're going to give their hearts and lives to Christ. Amen? Are you believers of that? Listen, it's going to be fantastic. You don't want to miss our Easter service. We've got two services on that Friday night. You don't want to miss that. Uh, and then we have four on Easter Sunday. And do me a favor, some of you, if you're willing, go. We're having an 8.30 service. Come to the 8.30 service. Make some room for those in the 10, 11.30 service. Or, or move to the 1 or come Friday night. Or you can do this. Come Friday night and bring some friends with you that maybe they don't like. They want their Sundays off. Or maybe this. Maybe more normally they don't come to church on Sunday mornings because they're hungover from the night before. Then bring it Friday night. And we're going to pray they'll give their heart and life to Christ. And they're not going to do what they used to do on the weekends. They may just come back on Sunday with you. Amen. I'm excited about it. Well, we continue our sermon series on the road to Easter. We've skipped Wednesday uh, from our study of the scriptures. Not much happened on Wednesday. Uh, what we've been doing is, is what we call Holy Week. Uh, it's the week leading up to Easter, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about, I'm sorry, I got my shoestring hanging out. Can I put it up real quick? If I don't, it'll drive me crazy. I'm kind of a perfectionist. Anybody else a perfectionist in here? Am I the only one? And that would have drove me crazy. It would throw my whole sermon off. Nobody even noticed it. It would throw my whole sermon off. Today we're going to skip to Thursday. And a lot happened on Thursday. The Last Supper. The Guard of Gethsemane. The arrest of Jesus. But today, if you don't mind, I, I just want to spend time at the Lord's Supper. In fact, my sermons will be a little bit different today. Um, what I want you to do today with me is this. Come to the supper table. Pull out the chair and sit down with me. 
Anybody grow up having supper around the kitchen table? We did. Me and my wife then put that on our kids. We, no matter what, we had supper around the kitchen table. Some of probably the best memories of my life. What I want to do today is us just sit around the table, just like I did as a child. So much happened at that supper table, and I learned so much. Today, we're going to learn a whole bunch about sitting around the table with Jesus. Let me set up the scene. It's Passover. The time of the year that the Israelites celebrate their exodus from Egypt. Especially on this day is a day that they celebrate what they call the Passover. And this is where the last plague was put upon the Egyptians. And that was the angel of death would come through the city. And God told Moses to tell the Israelites, you're to take the blood of a lamb and put it on the doorpost of your homes. And if you would do that, then the angel of death will pass by your house and your children will be saved. You see the symbol there, don't you? They were saved by the blood. They were protected by the blood. It's that time of the year, and what happens is the disciples come to Jesus and say, where do you want us to make Passover feast? In a few moments, I'm going to read this passage. And as we begin to read this passage, which you'll begin to see unfold is Jesus gives a lot of lessons that take place at this dinner table just like they did in my home. In fact, I want you to turn with me today. Look at Luke chapter 22, verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. They said to him, where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat Passover with my disciples? That he will show you a large furnished upper room. There, make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover there. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive, and I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. When I was a kid, we had no option. We had supper around the dinner table every night. No matter what, like clockwork, at the same time every night, we had dinner. We had a little round white table, and some of you may remember those little kitchen round table where we, there were six of us. I had uh, three brothers and sisters, which made four of us and six counting my parents, and we all sat around that table. And life happened there. We learned about each other's day. We talked about what was coming up. We would learn about mistakes that we've made and all kind of things would happen at that dinner table, that supper table. As I was reading this passage here in Luke, I began to think about that and that's what's happened. Jesus has invited the 12 disciples to come sit around the table as they celebrate the Passover feast. 
As they're there today, I want to share with you some of the lessons that we learn from this dinner and from the dinners maybe you had around your house. The first one is this. Write it down. If he said it, you can count on it. He's going to do it. My mom, I never forget, said, kids, come on, it's supper time. And when my mom said it was supper time, it was supper time. You didn't walk in there and she was still putting food on the table. You didn't walk in there and she was still getting things ready. When you walked in, my mom had everything set up, everything on the table, ready to eat. That's just the way it was. And now, here's the thing. If my mom said, come to the table, and you didn't come to the table, it wasn't good. Then my wife's the same way. In fact, Avery was home last week, and uh, we had supper one night, and Laura goes, dinner is ready. And me and Avery sat there for a second, and finally she says, dinner is ready. I turned around, and I said, woman, we will get there when I want to get there. <laughs> for some reason, y'all know my wife very well. <laughs> you know that wasn't said. Second time, me and Avery jumped up very quickly and we made our way to the dinner table because we knew if she said, come to the table, then everything was there and everything was ready. Remember, Jesus said, go into the city, you'll find a man carrying a pitcher of water. Well, how in the world, and listen, let's just go and knock this, get this out of the, the, the ballpark so you don't have to talk about it. Yes, I call it water. Okay, it's not water. Water. Y'all try to be so fancy. It's water. Where I'm from is called water. And he's carrying, this guy's carrying a pitcher of water. Now, well, there's probably 100 people carrying water. Why did it matter? Not during this time there would not have been. In fact, women don't get mad at me, but during this custom, men did not go fetch the water. The women did. So to find a man carrying a pitcher of water was something very unusual. So you'll find a man carrying a pitcher of water. You'll see him in our house. When he enters the house, you are to follow him in and say, where do you, and I, and I love this, where do you want us to make preparation for Passover with the master. Can you imagine? What? I'm sorry. But he didn't. Exactly the way that Jesus said it is exactly the way it was. And I want you to hear me today. You can count on this and you can learn it from the supper table as Jesus said to the disciples. If Jesus said it, it's going to happen. If Jesus proclaimed it, you can write it down. God does what he says. The Bible says that his promises are yes and amen. If God said it, God's going to do it. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to be concerned. You don't have to worry. You've just got to trust in your God and your Savior and your Lord and know that if he said it, he's going to do it. Even before he made it to the supper table, Jesus was already teaching them. Jesus was already developing them. Jesus was already giving them a lesson. My father, as we'd sit around the kitchen table, we'd, I'd say things like, hey, hey, Dad, my, my bicycle tire busted today. Can you take me to the bicycle shop? Now, now, when I was a kid, you didn't really go to Walmart. We didn't have Walmarts. But we, you didn't go to the regular store. You went to the bicycle shop to get your tire. And I said, I'd say, Dad, hey, I, my bicycle tire busted today. Can, can you take me today uh, to the bicycle shop? And my dad was one of those that, well, he did not say yes until he meant yes. Well, son, let me think about it. Well, that made me mad. 
I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to think about it. I, I wanted an assurance that it was going to happen. And my dad would go, John, let me think about it. I'd be like, Dad, I got to go. My tire's busted. How am I going to get around and ride my bicycle? Dad, what am I going to do? I got to, you know, you know the, the babes are waiting for me to ride around on my bicycle. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> Maybe because I grew up in a town of about 498 people. There was not many people in the town. But finally, by the end of the supper, Dad would finally say, okay, John, tomorrow at 4.55 p.m., I'll take you to get your bicycle fixed. And I knew if he said it, it was going to happen. See, it's the same way with us and God. Sometimes God doesn't answer right away. It's not because God doesn't have the answer. It's not because God is just trying to make you wait. It's just God saying it's yes or no or it's not right now. And Around that dinner table, I learned that my father believed in the word of God that said, if you say you're going to do something, then you do it. If not, it's better not to say it. So we learned two lessons there. One is, is learn to be a person of your word. Stop backing out. Stop not doing what you said you were going to do. Be a person of integrity. Be a person of character. But also we've got to learn that God will do what God said he will do. His word is true. His promises are yes and amen. And you can believe in the God that we serve. Amen? Number two, write this down. Look in uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 14. And I guess my next point will be making memories. I've got all kind of memories of when I was a kid around the kitchen table. Uh, all kind of memories of, one is my mom. My mom never had a hot meal. Never. Moms, most of you in a few moments will understand this. Why? Because we'd be sitting at the table and just about the time we would sit down, mom's about to eat, she'd get the fork and she's about to put the food in her mouth. Mom, can you give me another fork? Mom, can you give me another spoon of potatoes? Moms, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? My mom, we don't think, ever finished or ate a hot meal. Because of us kids. That was memories I had. Also memories I had is that my brother always sat beside where the sweet tea was. And where I'm from, we have sweet tea. This, I just want to say this. Don't get mad at me. You who drink unsweetened tea, you're of the devil. I'm just telling you right now. It makes no sense to me. Why do you drink unsweetened tea? I don't get it. It's dirty water. That's all it is. Makes no sense. Where I'm from, we drink sweet tea. In fact, our sweet tea you could take and turn upside down and take about five minutes to come out. Just drip out, wouldn't it? Charlie knows what I'm talking about. You know, you can just drink it like this right here. That's the kind of sweet tea I grew up on. In fact, someday I'll make some sweet tea. One day I'm just going to make sweet tea for, you know, seven, 800 people. I'm going to bring it to church and just let y'all have some sweet tea. And you know what will happen by the end of the service? You'll be like that. Those are the memories that I, that I have. I, I can remember my brother getting mad because he's the one who had the port of sweet tea because he, he was the one who kept sitting beside where the tea was. And Hey, Jimmy, give me some more sweet tea. Oh, my God, can I eat my food? That's what he'd say. I've got those memories. But listen to this here in Luke. It says, when the hour had come, he sat down with the 12 apostles with them. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. 
Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Thank, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Here's the second thing we learned. Right here, God is instituting Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. And what he's saying to the disciples is, in a few moments, I want you to remember this night. I want you to remember this day. I want you to remember this moment. Don't let it pass you by. Keep the memories fresh in your mind. In fact, this is what I want you to do. I want you to institute what is called the Lord's Supper, and you're to take of, uh, of juice and of bread, and every time he does it, the Bible says, do this in remembrance of me. Why? See, those memories of a child when I was around the kitchen table will stick in my mind forever. They'll never go, I can still see my brother fuss and I can still see my mom never getting to eat. I can still see it in my mind. What Jesus was saying to the disciples is, in the days to come and the hours to come, there will be difficulties. There will become days that you doubt. There will become days that will come against you. But I want you to hear me that I am God. And that as you partake of this juice, I want you to remember that it is by my blood that it is symbolized by this juice that your sins are forgiven. It is by my body that was broken and battered that you will have life with God in heaven. Hold on to the memories. Don't forget that there will be times in your future where you'll mess up and you'll sin and make mistakes and oh, can God ever forgive me? What will God do? Yes, God can forgive you because he's a God of grace and a God of forgiveness. That's why we partake of the Holy Communion. Every fusion praise night, we do communion. And the first thing I'll always say is before we take of this tonight, if you've got any sins in your life, then let's ask God to forgive you. Because that's who He is a forgiving God, and a gracious God, and a merciful God. But also, I'll say, remember by the stripes that he bore, you are healed. And also, we remember tonight as we take of this communion, we get in our mind that we serve a healing God that can heal our bodies and heal our minds and heal our souls and heal our marriages and heal our finances. That's the God that we serve. I want you to get the memories in your mind. In other words, Jesus was saying to the disciples that day, I don't want you to forget. I don't want you to ever let go of it. I want you to know the truth that God is a God that forgives it. God is a God that wipes away our sins. Here's number three. No arguing around the table. Did y'all argue with your kids around the table? Well, I guess y'all are little perfect kids, weren't you? We argued. I had two older brothers and an older sister, and we argued. And we would fuss about things and find things to argue about. And it never fails my father, you know, stop arguing at the table. Anybody ever hear that? Yes. Stop arguing around the table. And I'd be like, Dad, hush it up, Dad. I talk a lot of big talk. It's all lies. I never would do that. If we find here, listen to this right here, we find even Jesus had to deal with arguing at the table. Listen right here and look. Now, there was also a dispute among them. Can you imagine having a fight at the table with Jesus? It's just, you're going to hell for that. As to which of them should be considered the greatest. That's pure arrogance. Okay, all right, guys, got a question for you. Who's better, me or Brian? You know it's me, but go ahead. You make Brian feel good. You know it's me, though. I'm the best. Who's better, Jesus? Peter? No, oh, it's John. John, who's better? No, no, you know it's me, James. I'm the best. And they're literally having an argument at the table about who's the best. 
I could almost see Jesus going, three years. I'll be with them three years. They still don't get it. They're arguing about who's the best. Now listen to what Jesus says. And he said to them, the king of the Gentiles exercises lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table, or he who serves? Is it not who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. In essence, Jesus says, this is the stupidest conversation I've ever heard. You're arguing about who's the best. I'm here to tell you, I didn't come for the, for the greatest. I came for the least. I'm the, I am the savior of the world. Oh, yeah, did I let you guys know? I made all this. Not the table, the world. But I'm here serving you. Because that's what a believer does. It's about serving others. It's not about getting yours or getting what belongs to you. It's not about how much you get from God. It's about you realizing the grace and the kindness that you've received and the gratitude you show with that is by serving and loving others. That's the lesson that he was trying to teach them. Poor Jesus, I can only imagine how he was feeling when he's going through all of this with them. Number four, and I'm trying to hurry. Around the kitchen table we learned what was most important. What was most important, he says. So when he'd gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you. Jesus says, in other words, let me talk to you about the conversation you just had. You're to love one another. It's not about upping one another, being better than one another. It's about loving one another. It's about being there for one another. It's about showing the grace and the kindness to those that you love. And he closes, and I'll close with this. Remember last week we talked about how Jesus... Warned Judas, Jesus warned Judas. He said to Judas, you're going to betray me, the one who dips his hand. But we see here that in this last point that Jesus begins to talk to Peter. He says, Peter, and listen, I want you to hear this. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? Listen to what he says. I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, you will lay down your life for my sake? See, Jesus knew what was about to happen. Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. See, I can remember as a kid sitting around the table, my dad teaching us lessons. 
One of the lessons I've told this before is when my brother one day was mad at my dad. Or not, I think just mad in general. And he's eating some food and he didn't like the food. And he finally said, Ew, what is this? You didn't say that at my table. And my dad, without looking up, just hit my brother. My brother goes, whoop. He goes out of the chair. And the rest of the siblings begin to say this, oh, this is some good food. <laughs> See, my dad was teaching my brother a lesson that day. Even in your anger, don't belittle people. Even in your anger, don't say things that will get you in trouble. I'm warning you down the road, this will cause you issues. I can remember sitting around the table and fussing about a boy or something that happened at school. I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to kill him. And my dad would say things like, well, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Violence only begets violence. Well, you should, shouldn't have done that to my brother then. <laughs> See, the Lord speaks to us today in a warning to say, listen, the devil is alive and active. And he goes around seeking who may devour We've got to always be on our guard. Jesus was saying at the supper table with him, listen to me, two of you are going to betray me. One of you will turn me in, and one of you will deny me three times. But see, let me tell you also what Jesus was doing, and I'll close with this. Jesus was saying to them this right here. But Peter, you know what? He said, afterward, you will follow me. Peter, after your failure, after your mistake, there will be grace and mercy on the other side. We find it. We go look in John chapter 21. One of my favorite stories of the Bible. We find Peter has denied Jesus three times. He says, I'm going fishing. Let me tell you what he really said when he said he was going fishing. He was really saying, I quit. I'm finished. I'm done. My mistake has disqualified me from serving God. He had forgotten the words that Jesus had said. And as he's out on the boat fishing all night, catching nothing, we find Jesus on the seashore. And he calls Peter to come to the seashore. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs. He says it a third time. I, I tell you this story because I want you to hear truth today, okay? At that supper table, he was warning Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. And there's going to be a consequence. But Peter, on the other side of the consequences, I want you to hear something. God's grace and God's forgiveness and God's goodness is there. And Peter, just because you deny me, just because you make a mistake, it doesn't mean your life is over and it doesn't mean I still can't use you. The Bible says the call of God is without repentance, which means even your failures don't disqualify you from God's plan. Amen. And it will be on this day. As Jesus is teaching the lessons to all those at the supper table. Listen, I, if I say it, it's going to happen. Second, I want you to put me deep in your memories and never forget what I said or I proclaimed about your life. you got to stop disputing about things that don't matter. The greatest, who cares? The least is what I'm looking for. Who will humble themselves 
and heed my warning. Don't let the devil come in your life and distract and pull away and get you off target. You keep your eyes on Christ and I'll take care of the rest. Amen. Will you stand with me? I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here today and you've been distracted, your eyes have not been on God like you should. You love Jesus. He's the Lord of your life. But I've been distracted. I want to get my eyes back on God like I should. I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ today, Lord, that you just get their eyes back on you. Whatever the distraction is, whatever the problem is, whatever is taking their focus away, I pray that their eyes and their mind and their heart be turned to you today, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell, but I want to know. I don't want to live my life like I've been living it. I want to give my heart and life back to Christ. It is so simple. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross, he rose on the third day. And with your mouth confess him, Lord, of your life, and you shall be saved. If that is you today, and no one's looking, just you, me, and the Lord, and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, then I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is there anyone else? I've had one raise her hand, give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, say it proud as one new name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.